Welcome to the Local Legends in Running podcast. We hear the stories from local legends of Australian running that you simply always wanted to hear. Today in episode 11, I interview Brisbane coach Jaden Russ. Jaden is the founder and head coach of the Brisbane Athletics Academy, a business and running group that specialises in junior development and high performance in both athletics and cross country. Additionally, Jaden is the director and head coach of cross country and track and field at the Brisbane Boys College. In his earlier years, Jaden was also a very handy runner himself, recording times as quick as 3.48, the 1500 metres, all the way up to the 10K with a 30.27. So listen in to hear from one of Brisbane's most thriving coaches about all things coaching and running. Hey, mate. Welcome officially to the podcast. Is this your first ever podcast? No. Um, done a couple of others before. Um, probably, I reckon it's probably about my third one, but I haven't done one for a while. Yeah, right. And who were those for? Um, I did one with Run Culture, um, a fellow who's a physio and has a run group down in Melbourne. Um, and the other one is leaving my memory right now. But yeah, no. So that was. <laughs> Probably over the last couple of years. So, but no, I haven't, haven't done one in 2022. So, looking forward to having a chat. No, definitely. And, and a big reason for me to get you on here is, is your Brisbane following and connection and all the coaching you do in the area. So, it should be interesting. Um, and, mate, firstly, congrats on the, the win at GPS Cross Country, BBC with the win. Was that a, a great moment for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, Right through my coaching and even going back to my, my own running days, GPS cross country, I think it's one of the most fun events that you can be a part of in any capacity, even as a, a, a fan or a parent or a spectator. It's, um, it's just one of those days where you really get to kind of celebrate running in a team format. And so to have a, have a win with the, with the boys and all the coaching staff and for the school, it was yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we'll remember that one. Oh, for sure. And where does that sit? Like, what's the history of BBC GPS championship winners so to speak in the last five to ten years um well it was a pretty lean stretch up until 2018 uh 2018 yeah. was our uh, bbc's first ever um, gps cross-country win so they in the history of the competition was one of the few schools that had never won it um so yeah 2018 marked a, a pretty historic uh, day for the school in a GPS cross country sense and then um, they were able to back it up again and win in 2019 uh, and then followed with a couple of second place finishes in 20 and 21 uh, and then a win again this year so yeah it's been a yeah the last the last five to six seven years um, has seen the program really turn around and, and had some great success so um, yeah certainly been a, a memorable period for those involved. Oh, it definitely has. And we'll get to that. And, and surely you, you play a little, a little part in that one, Jen. Uh, oh, look, it's been, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of something with, um, you know, our former director, Russell Hansen, um, yeah. and guys like Mel Stan- Staniforth, who, um, you know, very passionate people that, uh, you know, helped uh, lead this program back from where it was. And I was lucky enough to be a part of that. And yeah, very thankful to still be here. Oh, definitely. Hey, mate, ever since we've met, I've seen you out in the community at local runs a lot, realising how much you're out there with your athletes. Um, but one recent event was the, the Sandgate Park Run. 
um, which I think has been on and off in the last few years with COVID, but basically um, you, you know about it being that sort of fast park run they book in every year as part of BERT, which I think it started as, but hasn't it turned into a crazy event? It's amazing how many quick runners they get there now. Was it good to be a yeah. part of that again this year? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, park running itself has kind of revolutionised running, I think, around the world and uh, particularly here in Australia and the amount of people that, um, you know, now know what a 5K is and can compare themselves to, to, to what the, the best in the world are doing. And um, so I think it's, a, it's an ex- exciting uh, concept in itself. But, uh, you yeah, know, Pete Bracken and, and the Burke guys have um, obviously, you know, really support that space and um, it's something that they've um, kind of pushed um, through their channels and, and then got other running groups on board. So, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, to, to go to a park run and I, I actually, I, I bumped into someone uh, last week. He was at UQ. I didn't know the fella. He just stopped to say hello. And and uh, he actually ran at the Sandgate Park Run. And I think he's a, a, a local regular out there and, and he ran 17.30 or something. And he, he said, that's normally good for a win, but he goes, I was struggling to be top 50 <laughs> last week. So um yeah so it was yeah it's, it's amazing to see that many people running along the uh along the path there at sandgate and, and so many fantastic times and yeah no, i think it's it's any chance that the the running community um can come together like that it, it always brings special things oh it's a great event I actually got a mention on the inside running running podcast which i heard this morning actually but what they mentioned funny enough was that the top 70 was sub 17 minutes i was thinking oh i was 69th so i've just got a I'm pretty close to getting spoken about on the Inside Running podcast myself. But um, isn't that crazy to have so many under 17 minutes? And like you said, that would normally win a park run. So they, those things are, are fantastic. You're probably having it every week, might, you might um, raise a few arguments. But every year is a great tradition, I think. And it, it does so many PBs out there for, for runners. And I was talking to someone the other day about it, thinking it's probably, it's almost the biggest 5K fun run so to speak that we've got now because often those events are around 10k half and full marathons aren't they yep yeah absolutely the 5ks uh, often becomes i guess a, a more of a junior event um i mean we have you, you have an event like the the noosa bolt but that's more of a kind of mm. top tier and 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 less guys kind of running that um so in terms of both quality and quantity and depths and, and everything. Um, yeah. It's hard to go past an event such as that park run. So yeah, look, the, the argument is, should we, should we have more things like that? It's, it's just, it becomes increasingly difficult. The calendar is so full of so many events and stuff. It, yeah. I mean, it, the, the, the Sandgate park run itself was on the same day as the, the state cross country relays. So um, yeah, I think at the right time in the right place um, events like that. Um, yeah. Maybe one or two more of them in the right time would be fantastic. Yeah, definitely agree. But uh, yeah, at the moment, it seems to, to suffice and do a great job each year for, for the quicker runners, at least anyway. Um, now, I just want to run through a few things about how we know each other, um, sort of a bit of a background on you coaching and running wise, and then get into your story, sort of where, where events through your life have led to you exactly where you are now. Um, but for you and I, I started churching in 2020. Um, so I've been there now for two and a half years. But uh, for me, you know, in terms of a name getting thrown around, so to speak, in the in the realms of athletics and middle distance running and cross country, Jaden Russ is a pretty common one to hear. And particularly when there's runners that I coach that are um, often going to you uh, for external training, 
for particularly the, the, the boys and, and I know girls for you anyway, who are at the higher end and rep level runners. So that connection is, is there, but also um, with your business, the Brisbane Athletics Academy. And I was trying to find actually when that was founded and if that was you that actually founded the business. Yep. Yeah. So um, I guess a little going back in, in time and history, I um, started off um, coaching. My first real coaching job um, was at St. Aidan's Anglican Girls School in 2012 uh, and started off there just as the you know, part-time head coach. Um, and through that, um, I, I knew I was always pretty passionate about um, my coaching um, and had a couple of athletes who were looking to do a little bit more. I started with two athletes, essentially. That's where I guess my coaching story began. Um, and we trained at the facility out there at St. Aidan's, which was called Ambiwira. Um, so it originally started off as Ambiwira Athletics Academy, a local kind of group out of the, the Western suburbs uh, of Brisbane. Uh, and then through till about 2016, that then evolved into uh, Brisbane Athletics Academy. So, um, yeah, so it's been probably going for about eight years now. Um, and it's had a followed a very, um, you know, interesting, I guess, timeline. It, it actually started off as a, as a sprints group, which you may or yeah, may not want to ask some more questions. About. Yeah, so <laughs> um, that's, that's where we started. And that was um, merely opportunity at the time. Um, and it was probably the one of the best things for me as a coach that I'm thankful that I, I, I did. Um, my natural, my background is as a distance runner myself. That's what comes naturally to me. That's where my sweet spot is, but to, uh, to, to go away and, and, and learn your craft in a different area. I mean, I, I do think coaching fundamentally, if you're a, if you're a good coach, you should be able to coach uh, most things. Um, it's understanding people, but then to go away and, and learn the nuances of, of different events such as the 100 200 400 which was you know the majority of my athletes uh, wow. i think it's having having that to take that back into the space that i'm in now um makes me a much more well-rounded coach um so yeah so about 2014 it all it all started and and yeah literally started with two athletes maddie atley and, and aaron sundstrom who were yeah 400 meter runners so um yeah it's been a, a fun journey since then yeah, great. And we'll come back to that in more detail because the other one that I just alluded to earlier was BBC. What's what's your title there? And do you, I don't even know if you teach there. And because I had stepped into acting director of track and field last year at Churchy, I'm just sort of, I'm getting to know people a bit better and what their roles are. Have you ever been a director there? Are you coaching for athletics and cross country? Are both of those? And um, are you teaching? Yeah, so um, again, it's, it has kind of evolved and changed over time. I started, oh, I think it was back in 2014, um, just as cross-country coach. So I was a head cross-country coach and distance for track and field. Uh, that then, so that ran through till about 2018. And then in 2019, a full-time opportunity came up at the school um, as the director of sport management. Um, you know, working in the athletic development space and then also directing our volleyball program here at BBC. So, um, yeah, had a, a pretty pretty eclectic role where I was, yeah, um, overseeing and di directing the volleyball program for three years, um, doing all the sports administration and then also head coaching cross country and coaching in track and field. So it saw me working across a variety of different spaces. Um, so that was for three years. And then uh, at the start of this year, I then moved across into the director of athletics and cross country role now. So, um, yes, yeah, so my current status is 
uh, yeah, directing and head coaching both of those programs. So, um, yeah, excited to be in that position. Awesome. And not teaching. And, and no teaching. No teaching. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. um, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a qualified teacher. My background prior to this is um, I've got a dual degree in commerce and business management. So, um, there was a different, yeah, I worked in a different space before entering into, into here. So, um, yeah, hindsight, you, I would I enjoy teaching? Yeah, I think so. Um, but I guess when I was younger, I probably didn't probably didn't view it that way or think of that as an option. So, but um, um, yeah, no desire to head into that space now. I, I like the kind of sweet spot that I'm in. Yeah, no, it's great that there's opportunities there in athletics, particularly in schools, to make a full time uh, career out of it. And, you know, Chris Gale is another one, and you, you assume when you see staff out there that you know teaching goes hand in hand with that. But obviously, you have got the Brisbane Athletics Academy too, and juggling all that. Um, I know must be must be busy. So what about if we get into a bit of personal background um, in terms of if you've got a partner, family, where you're living and that kind of thing? Yeah, so just living locally at, uh, at West End. Um, no wife and kids yet. So um, my certainly don't think my lifestyle and balance is uh, helping that situation. <laughs> um, probably need to cut back on the coaching hours a little bit, but yeah, no, certainly something in the future that, that um, you know, I'd, I'd love to have. I, I grew up in a big family, got three brothers. Um, um, yeah, mum and dad happily married and everything. So it's, yeah, certainly certainly something that, that uh, is around the corner. Um, you know, grew up in Brisbane. Uh, actually, you know, went to school at Churchy. Um, so, yeah, have been, been in and around this space for, for quite some time. Um, yeah, went to, went to college in America, uh, ran over there. Yeah, finished one degree at UQ, one degree over there. And um, yeah, I guess that's outside of living in the States for, for two years. Um, yeah, most of my life's been, been spent here just in, in uh, good old little Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. How I've seen your, your training times for the Athletics Academy in the like peak hour of parenting, like between <laughs> 6 and 7.30. So I was trying to work out if, if you had any kids <laughs> because that's obviously the time where you're feeding your kids and bathing them and all that kind of stuff. And I, yeah, I, was, I, I had a very small moment thinking at that point in time, oh, I'd love to, I'd love to coach outside of school and that kind of thing. And I think mm. now um, it'd be very difficult. And that's why many years ago I'd stopped well before coming to church in my running group, the West End running group, it was just too, too much to handle both. And I knew that I was heading into yep. hopefully coaching. Um, so for now it seems to be working um, for you, which is great and giving you that time. What about outside of anything running, what, what are you, are you following um, different sports or what else do you do? Yeah, look, mate, love, just love sport generally. Um, love my AFL. I grew up playing a lot of AFL as well. Um, you know, potentially was on an AFL pathway um, at one stage and played at a fairly high level. Um, love my golf. Um, just played on the weekend. Uh, would love to get better at my golf and spend more time. But again, the running and the coaching kind of gets in the way of golf time. Um, so, yeah, mate, I'm... Um, you know, you flick the telly on as long as I've got KO and there's something on sports sense, I'm, I'm pretty happy. So, uh, you love my American sports, American football, NBA, um, and obviously, uh, yeah, track and field. This time of year, there's so much to watch with all the meets in Europe oh, yeah. and the USA trials and world champs and com games coming up. So, um, yeah, look, mate, I'm, um, yeah, glued, glued to the TV if there's anything uh, interesting going from a sports sense. Um, yeah, so that's, that's um, you know, anything outside of that, you know, love a, you know, just going out with mates 
good bottle of wine, nice feed, um, yeah. catching up with friends, uh, you know, all, all the usual stuff. I'm, you know, very close with my family and, uh, yeah, still see my mum and dad uh, most weeks. And uh, i got a brother that lives over in London um, and two that still live here in Brisbane. So, you know, regularly, regularly get to see them, which is, which is fantastic and something I, yeah, I value. Yeah, yeah, right. And what about running? Is, are you running at all these days around the coaching? <laughs> yeah, it's the, 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 the age old, oh, yeah, I'd love to. Um, look, I, if, if, if you ask me in the last two weeks, it's been a good week. I've got a couple of runs in each week. But look, I think it's the, the hardest thing is uh, allowing yourself your own time to do that. I think that's the biggest challenge for me within what I do work-wise is my life balance. Um, I do struggle with that. I um yeah and and when you're in peak school season i probably liken it a little bit to um you know being a, a chef or a physio and if you're doing that all day the last thing you want to come home to do is you know treat your partner or cook a big meal up yourself because you've been doing that all day so i i when you start at 6 6 30 in the morning and then you're at school all day and then you coach till 7 7 30 to then go lace on your own shoes and, and do a run it's it, it is challenging at times so it's it's I, I, it's something that i do know of. I've got to be be better at and and because I do when I do do it it is you you remember why you do enjoy it and the, the endorphin release and feeling good about yourself and uh, but just geez it's so hard some days when you when you're done you kind of sit down and and that's it um, but uh, having said that uh, it, it would be nice in the next couple of years to try and set a few of my own goals never run a marathon um, I, yeah wish I'd done that back in the day when it would have been a little bit easier. <laughs> It's certainly, I have a greater respect for people that have always, I never understood when I was younger when people would say they didn't like running or it's too hard. Um, but now I'm in the position I am, oh, I get it. it. It can be really hard if you haven't done it for a while or, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's certainly a little bit more challenging these days. Hey, the funny thing is, aren't you a similar age to um, when Kipchoge ran his <laughs> old record? Wasn't he about yeah, 36 and, and, or 7? Yeah, yeah, mate, and 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 I'm in and I'm in similar shape too. So just give me a couple of muscles, we'll be we'll be fine. Um, oh, it's always time, always time. But yeah, in terms of the you know peaking and that kind of thing, you can peak in the late 30s, early 40s, but it just involves the the time on legs, doesn't it? And and the training. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. You, I've met you, a few you have coaches to allow that like time. that. Um, sorry, you go. Yeah, it's 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 all that time, but it's it's scheduling in too. So it's I think the key is. I think is a bit of accountability, like any, like we all need that. But if I say, you know, if I said, all right, Ollie, we're going to meet at 5.30 a.m. on Wednesday morning for a run, well, then I will do it because I've told you I will. If I say, all right, I'm going to wake up myself and do it at 5.30, it's, uh, it's, it's dicey as, as to whether that's going to happen or not. Yeah, the thing for me is I actually enjoy running on my own a lot because it's yep. my quiet time. Like it's my time away from working in positions that I'm around lots of people and, and yep. my family as well in that, in that environment, when it gets a bit busier and stressful, I can just walk yeah, out the door and enjoy that quiet time in the morning, which often is between 4.30 and 5.30. Mm. Um, yep. But let's, let's get to your running because I sort of had a look around online and found some times that were quicker than I'd ever imagined for you and that's I, I say that with no offense just the fact that I never really thought about it because you coach um you know and for coaching yep. at this point in time um for when I met you anyway so I just mm -hmm. wanted to read out these times I found on world athletics so just correct me at the end if any of them are incorrect because they they can be at times and you've you've gone around a bit most of these are yep. in Australia there's one USA one I'll 
bring up yep. an indoor stuff too. So from the, the shorter ones up, 800, 152. And I do round up on these, so my apologies. I'm a math, I'm a math teacher. 1,500, <laughs> 348, 3,824. That's actually 825 rounded. 5,000 is 1419, 2,000 steeple, 546, 3,000 steeple is 854, 10K, 30, uh, which now I believe all the, they're on the road, aren't they? Once they're saying come on, come play, yeah. yep. uh, 15K in Melbourne, 47 or 46, 46. I'll give you the seconds for that one. Uh, and then indoors, obviously all over, um, a while away from Australia anyway, in America, one mile, 416. There's two one miles here. One mile, 409.30 with an asterisk, 3,825. And then another 3,000, which is your quickest 3K, 814. Uh, so yeah, I mean, my memory's hazy. I do know. <laughs> I, I didn't race anything much beyond. I did maybe one or two 5Ks in my life. I never did a 10K. Um, you often race a lot of races in the States unattached. Uh, like, you know, so if you're potentially going to red shirt or I went back to America, uh, the year after I graduated and did a couple of races. Um, so I do know world athletics doesn't always pick up everything. I know there was a three K I ran unattached at Iowa States and actually went close to beating Emmanuel Bohr, who now runs about 13 flats for five K, um, where I ran 808 or 809 at the time. So that was my best ever 3K. Um, and 1500 ran 347 a couple of times. Um, so yeah, look, most of them are in the, in, in the wheelhouse of, of what I ran. Look, I enjoyed everything from like 1500 to you know, the, the steeplechase events. Um, well, my biggest thing was I just love racing. Uh, I was, I, it's, it's something now as a coach, I look at how these kids operate and how they approach um, running they're so in tune with time and records and who's running what yeah, yeah. and uh, that just wasn't uh, my my love was lining up next to 10 or 15 or 20 people or whatever race it was and just trying to figure out how i was going to to beat you um not so much how fast i could run um and look i look i i wish maybe i'd given a little bit more of a crack to, to try and run faster and, and whatnot but um and and, and probably take a few things a little bit more seriously from a training sense, but um, certainly no, no, no regrets, um, you know, in, in how my running played out. It, it's led me to where I am now. I had some fantastic opportunities. Um, I've made amazing you know, memories and, and friends through the sport. Sorry, there's a tractor coming past me. Um, you know, it led me to, to, to college in America. I got to run at the World Junior Champs for Australia and in Italy and, um, you know, and like I said, the, the friendships that, that you make from that. And, and it's led me to, to coaching now, um, yeah, exactly, which, is, yeah. which is, which is, I think my, you know, my true calling and, and where I can most uh, make an impact in the sport. So yeah, very, very thankful for that. I've still got some of my best mates now, uh, are guys that I went to college with and guys that I grew up running with here in Brisbane. So uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, a sport. I'm very, very thankful for being a part of for so long. Yeah. So let's come back to, to that because we'll go we'll go back to when um sort of your upbringing and that kind of thing first but mm -hmm. just before we get there what what was your event out of all of them what did you when you were training what were you mainly training for 
I mean, and steeple's so unique, isn't it? Probably, yeah, prob- probably fifteen hundred steeple and and, yeah. and running crossy. Once you once you get to the states, I was, you know, I was just a, a distance runner, you know, and I'd put my hand up and and kind of have a go and and race at anything that that kind of came my way. So, uh, but you know, through okay, through prior to going to America, um, I ran my whole you know, junior career here and 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 went to. I didn't go to the states till I was twenty twenty one. So. Um, you know, up until that point, um, yeah, 1,500 steeple. So, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to win both of them at the under-20 nationals, um, you know, which doubles as the World Junior Trials. But, uh, yeah, qualified for the steeplechase and, and went and ran that over there. So I, I'd say probably 1,500 and, and the steeple were um, my kind of sweet spot. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, and so. The more you talk, the more I think of Kai Robinson. Were you the Kai Robinson that never was? <laughs> no, def- definitely not. Definitely nowhere near what Kai is. and. and He's he is on another planet, that kid. Yeah. And it's amazing to um to see what he's achieved and the and the timeline that that uh he's 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 taken and followed and the and the pathway that he's on now. It's so exciting. Um I might have been able to run a little bit faster than I did, but certainly nothing in, in, in the world that he's in. Uh, he's 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 built to do that. Um I was probably always on the stronger, heavier side of, of the runners. Um yeah, probably looked more at place out on a footy field, um, chasing the ball around. So, yeah, no, super excited for him. And I think he's got a, an amazing career ahead of him. Oh, definitely. And, uh, hey, did you have anything to do with coaching him at all? Or did you just no, no. So, no, I just, I, I just um, obviously coached boys through that period that he ran against. So I got to see him run a lot. And, oh, look, I just, I... I'm passionate and supportive of, of all the guys, all the, all the young athletes out there, you know, and, and seeing them do stuff like that. So he kind of grew up racing, you know, uh, Alan Dennis and Pat Figgerson and, and Jude Thomas. And yeah, it's yeah, an amazing yeah. group there. And look, some of uh, are still, you know, Pat's um, gone the college route and, and, and he's doing some, some great things for him, for himself. Um, you know, Jude Thomas, we all know what he's doing and, and, and look, a lot of these other guys choose to kind of, give it away at some certain point, a lot drop off after school. So, um, no, look, he, Kai through school, I know, you know, Jack Curran did some good work with him, um, helping him out at school. And and I think he just came on at the right time and has really developed and, and Stanford was the a great spot for him to land. And I, I understand he's a you know, very good student as well. So, which you have yeah. to be to be over there. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just exciting to see kind of the talent in Australia coming through like that and, and being, you know, competitive on the world stage yeah he's definitely heading in the right direction and things are just falling in place but at the same mm. time he obviously he's worked hard to get there and he's from what i know and when i spoke to him on this very podcast he's just so diligent and committed uh to training in the process and mm. just doing the, the right thing you know every single day but um yep. let's let's get uh to you on this about kai he's kai's had his chance <laughs> <laughs> um, so you mentioned Brisbane being a close thing to you. Were you were you born in Brisbane then, and and brought up in the local areas? A true local legend. Yep. Yeah. So um, mum and dad both from Melbourne. Um, so the extended family uh, on both sides are, are from down that way. Um, old man played for uh, the Swans, so Sydney Swans, but they were South Melbourne Swans. So he played in the in the VFL, which is now the AFL, back in the um, you know late seventies. Uh, early 80s, yeah, they moved up here. Mum played touch football for Australia, so both kind of athletic, successful parents, and uh, and they moved up here. and And I guess I was first of the four boys uh, born. Uh, yeah, so born in Brisbane, born and raised here. Uh, 
you know, was mum and dad, um, you know, bought a house in Norman Park. So that's where uh, I spent, you know, all my years kind of growing up and, and, and from the balcony of our place, you could, you looked over at the Smithfields at Churchy, um, you know, and mum and dad at that stage didn't really, you know, they're, they're relatively new to Queensland and uh, yeah, I guess in put me on the list to go to, to Churchy and started there in, in grade five down at the prep school and um, you know, dad being, um, you know, an AFL man, logically would have thought maybe he'd take me down to, to Morningside Footy Club where, where he, he played as a, as a senior when he came up here. But um, knowing that I was going to church, he took me down to East Rugby Club and that was probably some oh. of my first sport. <laughs> yeah, okay. Played there from, you know, like, you know, a six-year-old, seven-year-old and, um, you know, through to being a 12-year-old. And I guess I uh, just did everything as a young kid. Sw- swimming was, you know, something I did a, a lot. Um, running, did a lot of triathlon. Um you know, and had a lot of success in, in those sports as a, as a young kid. Um, yeah, I was, you know, someone that, I, you know, I made my first state team for running in grade six or something like that. So it's a long journey of involvement with the sport. Um, you know, I look back in grade five, six, seven, when you're in the junior school, you know, at that age and you still remember the name of the kid that we all thought we could never beat, but by grade eight, yeah. he wasn't running anymore. And, <laughs> and, and, and yeah, I've been very lucky to, um, was someone that was able to keep enjoying it and have success right throughout. And, um, and I think kept a, kept a good balance. I was always, that was one thing you see now. I think there's a lot more specialization and, and kids just running at an early yeah. age, whereas I played a hell of a lot of sports all, all the way through school. So good or bad or indifferent, I, I wouldn't change it. Um, but yeah, local kid to Brizzy, you know, um, my uh, brother that's two years younger than me, he went to Churchy and then the other two went to Villanova. Um, so split down the middle. Um, but yeah, and I love, I guess that's, that is the thing. I, I do feel quite connected to um, the, yeah, the, the, to Brisbane um, and, you know, people that were involved in the sport when I was a little fella and they're, you know, they're still working for QA or volunteering or, you know, coaches that are coaching now that can remember me being a young fella running around and, and now uh, you know, I'm working alongside them or working with them. So uh, yeah, certainly, certainly uh, yeah, value those, those kind of relationships and, and being on the, uh, being in this space and, and working in Brisbane, it's, uh, it's a still got, it's a, you know, a growing city, but it's still got that kind of, I guess, big, big country town feel a little bit to some degree. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. And what? So, were your parents an influence into getting you into running? Like, did the AFL play any part at, at that? Because it, I hear a lot about running and its connection to AFL with the need to be so fit, and many AFL players coming across to running. Mm. Or was it yep. another reason as to why you actually sort of started getting into running? Was it just a competitive part of it you enjoyed, or was there some external influence? Yeah, no. I think it was just me and my love for competing in anything. So I think as a kid, like anyone, when you try something, yeah. if you naturally, if you naturally have some success at it, you, you want to do more of it, um, you know, and running was something that came pretty naturally to me. Um, you know, I had, had success right away and got to, you know, go on trips and, and make teams. And um, yeah, just, if you ask anyone, I think, you know, if anyone that knows you really well, they would, you know, all I think it'd be pretty unanimous that I'm very competitive. Uh, it's probably a, a, a natural thing that goes across everything I do. So, um, 
yeah, look, early on it was swimming and running that went hand in hand. Um, I was probably swimming more and then figured out I could do the running thing quite well. Um, and then from there, I guess triathlon took over for a few years. It was probably oh, okay. my predominant sport. Um, was that in high school then? Start of high school? Or? Yeah, start of high school. Grade 8, 9, 10, that was probably my predominant sport. Um, and, and yeah, it was um, having a lot of success there. And then probably at about 15, um, yeah, and I had, had a bit more of a breakthrough on the track and decided it was a bit easier and more fun to, to just train for one thing rather than three one, things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and, just, and with school as well, school work, you know, the last couple of years of school, it, it, it just was easier and, and I was enjoying it more. So I guess it kind of took over from there. Yeah, okay. So from year 10, 11 and 12, was there any uh, GPS placings in, in, the, in the championship events or METs or representative stuff? You, you would have been Met East then back then. Um, that w- was a kind of like a, a point in time where you started to think that it was a possibility to continue it after school? Um, yeah, probably always. Yeah, yeah, probably right through high school knew that that was something. Yeah, you don't know where where or what it's going. I was probably, if you had asked me from the age of, I don't know, all through high school, what do you want to be? The answer would be, I want to go to the Olympics. You know, like that was, I just, yeah, I just loved sport. I wanted to be a sportsman. I yeah. wanted to succeed, succeed at whatever it was that I, that I did. But um, yeah, I think it, um, yeah, I was lucky enough to, to win a variety of kind of GPS titles over different distances, 1500, 3K crossy right through high school. And um, yeah, um, yeah, winning state and national titles um, through high school as well. Um, again, over those kind of 1500, 3K um, distances. Yeah, I, I think that's probably, then you start to realize, okay, what's next from there and um, opportunities such as, as world juniors and you start to learn, learn about events like that. And, um, but it took a little bit of a turn, I guess, when I finished high school, I, I kind of got talent ID'd for free AFL. I'd never played club AFL ever in my life. There was a uh, school comp at Churchy that we'd play in term four. And um, yeah, I was kind of got picked out of that and put into the representative pathway. And I guess within 12 months, it all just, it happens really quickly. It went from I've never played club footy to, um, you know, made the state under 18 team, was playing at the National Carnival, played, um, was playing senior footy at Morningside. Um, and it all just happened really, really quickly. So the running got put on the back burner um, my first year out of high school. So it was just a lot of footy. Still running, but just wasn't the focus. Um, and then was in the was in the draft. Um, yeah, and basically I just hadn't played enough footy. So that the um, I was being told, look, if come back and play another senior year of footy, that there's a chance, you know, if you keep developing, that that could be a pathway for me. But again, I probably... My heart was still with running, so I went back to that. And World Juniors was the following year, and was fortunate enough to to make that and get to have that experience. Um, yeah, which then led from there to to going to college a couple of years later. Yeah, okay. And what sort of times were you running in by year twelve back then? And how do you think they compare the times back then to now? That the the, the particularly the boys um, are yep. racing at now. Are they? Do you think they're any quicker or slower? Or is there yeah, more depth they- or? I think the, the sport has definitely um, it's gone to another level in some regards. The this generation are running more; they're running longer. I I, I didn't know what a long run was when I was in school. Uh, it was yeah. I'll join that. You'd, get, you'd, you'd go to Kangaroo Point on a Sunday and, and meet my coach Lloyd Way. Um, 
you know, who, uh, yeah, he was, a, he was a, talking about people that are a very important part of, you know, your, your upbringing and life. My, my coach was a very important person to me. And, but yeah, meeting him and you'd go for a, it might be a, a 6K loop around the city and we'd do some stair runs. Like that was the Sunday session. So uh, these guys, what they're doing now, you know, it's, yeah, it's just got a lot more. And that's why I think you see though, that the longer distances kids are running a lot faster at 3K and they're doing 5Ks. The, the notion of doing a 5K when I, in high school, when I was in high school, that was not a thing. Yeah. Like it just yeah. uh, it wasn't even on the radar. Like you do crossy 6K, but the track was like 3K is far enough. That's it. Um, yeah. They're, yeah they're, they're just doing more. Uh, they're more aware. And so I think you've seen the sport grow and change over those longer distances. Um, but I don't necessarily think they're running any faster over the, the quicker stuff, over kind of eight, 15, maybe sit in the middle somewhere. There may be a, there's a, there's a bit more depth there. Um, but you know, with the with the load increase for a lot of these kids, some of them get away from a little bit of that, um, you know, running running faster, um, which is still a skill that you need if you want to win any races. Uh, you got to be able to close it out. So yeah, I, I, I do. Um, you do look at what they're doing now. So yeah, I think in, in some areas that the depth is just um, yeah, probably a little a little bit stronger. Hey, yeah. So were you were you running anywhere like? Were you under nine minutes for three k, or you know, sub four minutes for fifteen hundred? Where were you sitting by end of schooling, and what what um, times or what what were you putting into the college systems to to actually get in there and and um, get the ticket of approval to head over there? Yeah. Oh, from memory, so I broke four minutes for the first time when I was in grade eleven. So yeah, I think I ran three ran three fifty seven. That was my first time when I went under, and I was about sixteen. Um, I, I broke I broke nine minutes for the first time when I was fourteen. Uh, I ran eight, yeah eight fifty seven. That was my first time under when I was fourteen. Um, so yeah, I, I was yeah running. I think I was like eight eight thirty. Uh, you know three fifty five. You know kind of around that space in high school. Um, grade twelve. Um, yeah, as a grade twelve was again. It's just it's different. It's a little bit different now. Like most of these kids in grade twelve, some of them will do, some do a second sport. You know, a, a guy you know, um, like a Pat Sigerson, he played soccer and cricket and ran. But um, I mean, uh, yeah, I, it's it's, hard, it's interesting looking back. I don't really know. I just think I was constantly going from one thing to the next. I yeah. I ran and I ran. The obviously did cross country, track and field. I swam at jeeps. I played rugby. I played basketball. I played AFL. Um, I was just kind of doing everything. I, I just wanted to enjoy that experience of being able to, you know, play with your mates and, and do different things. So, um, yeah, look, uh, similar, similar kind of um, times that would be, you know, relatively competitive now. Um, and the college thing for me, it's a very different process now. Uh, yeah. It's social media and you know, ease of information and access to these things. I mean, it's the recruiting, all these different, just the whole process is different. I mean, I remember, not many, there wasn't as many people going when I went. Um, and it was, you know, I mean, the first time I, I kind of became aware of it as an option was something was delivered to Athletics Australia in the mail with my name on it. And it was forwarded yeah, to me. And I, and I, yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and it became, and it was an exciting process. Um, and it was literally me in my email. And I was just like, well, if a few of these schools are interested, there's got to be more. So, I just started contacting coaches and sending them emails and just saying, yep, this is my scenario. This is what I've run. This is where I've been. And I think once you've 
once you run at a world juniors in an event like that, that's kind of when you, when you kind of go on, get on the radar. Um, yeah. So I, um, yeah, just kind of said, look, for, for me, it was, for me, it wasn't about um, going over there to, you know, you know, be on that pathway to still trying to, to make senior Australian teams or anything like that. It was, for me, it was an opportunity to have a, an amazing experience, um, still keep competing, be a part of a team. I'd always, I loved being on a team. And that's a big thing about college was mm. it wasn't just, it's not just you. Um, it's, it's you and a bunch of guys trying to achieve something together, which um, I really, really enjoy. Um, it's probably um, a lot of how I've shaped my squad and how I do things here is, is, is from a team aspect. So um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a big, it's a huge thing now that the college pathway and, and, Kids, kids know here in Australia what an American high school has run has run for a mile about three minutes after they've crossed the line. So it's, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's certainly a different landscape. Um, you know, I, I was lucky enough to go to Iowa State University for for two years and uh, have a great great experience and and be a part of a developing team which now has you know a, a very hugely successful program and I think they were second at NCAA's in cross country this year. So yeah, look, I'm. Still very connected with the with the system. Um, I've had so many athletes go over there to so many different schools, um, and, and know a lot of the coaches over there now. And uh, some like yeah, some of my good friends that are yeah, either yeah, ex athletes or, or or coaches over there now. So uh, it's a, it's a pathway that I that I push pretty strongly with a lot of my athletes. Um, if it's the right fit for them, um, certainly I don't think it's for everyone, but I, I, it's I think with careful consideration, as long as you're going to the right school and the right place for you, that it's uh, it can be an, an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and was it similar in the the fact that if you wanted to really extend your running post school, that you you would head over to America? Like, was the scene and the perception of it uh, similar to now uh, with that? Like, was there many running groups that were of a high level, um, you know, for eighteen plus young adults to to head to after school back then? I think the certainly the perception of of college over the last. 20 to 30 years has changed. I think the notion in the past was that, oh, they're going to burn you out. They're going to overtrain you. They only want you to, you know, they're going to run you in a million events so they don't get points at the conference meets, et cetera, et cetera. Um, which, look, in the minority may happen still, but realistically that is not the case. If you go to a good school with a, uh, you know, and make informed decisions about where you're going and the coaches that are involved and, and look at the program, and how they operate and the success they have and, you know, the, you know, whether they've dealt with international athletes and stuff like that. Um, it, it just, it, that just isn't the case. The, the, the level of support that you can get um, a variety of different aspects. It's very hard to compete with here. It doesn't mean you're going to get better coaching. Like that's just because you're going over there and the coach and the program can offer you a free education and travel all over the world and sorry, all over America and, and gear and all these different things at the baseline of your actual training, there's no guarantee that it's uh, any different or better than what you get here. It's just that they can provide, they have the resources and the money to be able to support you in a capacity that, that doesn't exist here in Australia. I mean, that um, particularly in that, in that space after you finish high school, um, it, it can be challenging. There's no guarantee for success. You, you are dropped in the deep end a little bit. Um, and and you for, for kids that can, bridge that gap very quickly and become successful senior athletes. Sure. I think um, 
you know, the staying here is a, is a certainly a viable option. Uh, and for some people, college is not the right place. Um, yeah, that was my next question. Athlete. What are the challenges yeah. there? Is it is it, is it the um, intensity of the training? Is it um, like Louis McAfee and Kai Robinson, who came on here, spoke about some social challenges too, particularly mixing with with um, people from other sports who are of quite different personalities uh, to them. Is there anything else you'd throw in there on top of those? Yeah, I mean, it's the, it's easy to get enamoured by what you see on the TV, on ESPN, on the you know on the on the website, and it does. You go, this looks exciting. This is great. Look at this. We're going to be doing all these exciting things and travelling around. But the, there is a harsh reality to the fact that it no, it's it's, it's got to be your home. Like this, there is a day to day routine now where it's not just all that stuff you see that's all super exciting. It's um, you know, depending on where you go, like it's going to be. There might be, you know, challenging weather that you've never lived through, or the the, the notion that you've <laughs> you've never lived out of home before, yeah. and suddenly it's like, oh, who's doing all your washing? Who's doing all your cooking? Who's doing all your cleaning? And the and the day to day rigmarole of that, and are you prepared to to do that? Or, you know, being homesick, not being able to have the familiarities of your family or friends or just the things that you know, um, cult, cultural differences. Um, whilst there's many, I guess, similarities between countries such as the US and here, um, differences in humour, differences in um, just what people do socially, uh, you know, and there's, yeah, adapting to that can, it can be challenging. Um, and particularly when, and, and perceived pressures and expectations, I think as, as athletes that go over there, particularly if you're on some sort of scholarship of some form, which most people internationally are going to be, now whether that's a partial or a full scholarship, I think some of that, some of the pressure and expectation can be certainly real. Uh, it can be, and a lot of it though is that the, the pressure and expectation that you put on yourself as an athlete. So you know that you're there and that, that they're on a, that you're on a scholarship, and um, you can often you know worry that if I'm not performing, what do they think? Um, and that can can get in your head a little bit. So some of that's real. Some of that's you know, yeah, what we what we do to ourselves as as athletes, and athletes do that at inherently at every level. Um, uh, so, yeah, it, it can just be a melting pot of um, different challenges. And I think that's really important that athletes are aware of that and don't just think, hey, like, yeah, college, I've got to go. Um, uh, and, and this is coming from someone that's probably one of the biggest, you know, supporters of that pathway with, with young athletes. You know, most of my top guys have gone over there. Um, and and I think it's important if if that's the pathway you're going to go, we'll, we'll be a be a supportive part of it and proactive in trying to ensure that they do go to the best school because what can happen though is you you get that first offer from someone and it, it's yeah it sounds exciting we're going to give you a full scholarship here mm. we're going to give you this 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 and you go wow like that's so different to what it is what it's probably going to be like here um but you just need to make sure you stop and, and consider all the different um you know options and circumstances and you know i've had, had instances where, um, you know, I have, I have a to, I have told an athlete before where I don't think it's the best option for you right now. Um, so, yeah, it's it's case by case. Uh, it's not one size fits all. Uh, so that's where I think you can see uh, varying. Yeah, you will. You'll you, you'll get um, an, an athlete that may not have had such a positive experience, and they come home and they do better back here because it just suits them better, and or they're they're at a different kind of maturity level to be able to manage those things. So. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's you just got to make a calculated decision and, and weigh it all up. But um, yeah, for the most part, it's I think it can 
um, if you're aware of those challenges, um, it, it, it can be a successful place for, for these kids to go. Yeah, it's that's, uh, fantastic insight into that, mate. Appreciate it. And um, for you, so you did you graduate 2002? Yeah, so yeah, that was at Churchy. Then I didn't go to college until 2006. Six, yeah. So I just want to get into that because your last last year on your profile in terms of PBs, World Athletics profile is 2011. So I just want to hear about um, why you left the college system yourself, what training looked like back here, who you were training with, who was coaching you, and then uh, what led you to stop being an athlete and getting into coaching if there was some kind of injury or lack of motivation or anything <laughs> around uh, that, that influence of stopping in the sport? Um, I guess similar to what I said with my earlier, all, all throughout my running, and I guess, sporting competitive life, it was, it was back and forth. It was, you know, triathlon, then running, then AFL came in for a year, then, um, you know, but then back to running and then went to college in America. So it was kind of all over the place. And even when I got back from college in 2008, um, so I, I got back in, in June or whatever it was um, and I went straight back to footy. So I hadn't played footy since 2003. Um, came back and went back down to Morningside Footy Club and said, I'm keen to get back into my footy and um, ended up playing in a senior grand final that year, you know? And so it was just the story of how I did things. I, uh, I, um, I never really had a, an extended, you know, running's, running's about time on legs and, and not just three good months or one good year. It's if you can put year after year after year of, you know, consistency in your training, that's where you'll see that, see the return. Um, yeah. So I looked, went back and played footy in 08. And then in 09, went back to running again. Um, and I guess at that stage, though, you, yeah, I just started full-time work um, and we're still, we're still running and uh, enjoying it. Uh, at that stage, I was still running under a program for my college coach. He would just send me some stuff. But then I'd kind of reconnect with, with Pat Clohesse and, and some of the guys here and, and Lloyd Way, who was my coach all through my, my high school career. Um, but I guess at that stage, it was more probably just... Yeah, I, I was following that that program, and um, I'm from Corey and and liaising with some of the guys here, and uh, and just kind of enjoying my running, um, competing when I wanted to, and with no real sort of definite, I guess, ambitions of anything, you know, grand or I, I probably still had hopes that maybe it could 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 click into another gear and go somewhere, but. Um, um, but I just enjoyed running locally and you know, doing some of the road races and um, yeah, just being a part of the, the, the scene and uh, 2000, yeah, probably it was around that 2011. I did, I started to have a pretty bad sciatic nerve injury. Um, I still remember it was a session. I've told some, I've told some of the guys I coached before, particularly you know, people that know Churchy. I was doing uh, some hill repeats on Malbray Terrace um, and oh some some over and backs and I got to the point with this sciatic nerve where it, it just felt like there was a knife going into like my lower back and um and it's my kind of uh, high up into the into the glute hammy insertion and I, I could hardly walk I had to stop and uh, I just think at that point I was just getting a little bit kind of frustrated with it and, and the body and um you know and I, and I could I was always someone that could do other things so like again so I just was like I'll just let it recover and went back and played footy again um yeah, so I had other outlets and other passion 
passions and other interests. Whereas a lot, I think a lot of runners just run. Um, yeah, yeah. So just kind of slowly fizzled out, did it? There wasn't a one moment where you had agreed to yourself um, that you were pulling out. No, the well, there was no, eventually? there was, yeah, no, there was no, there was no defining moment. I don't think for me where it just uh, like that's it. It was, yeah. Um, you know, at the same time, because I had other outlets, so I went and played footy. So I was yeah. still training and still fit and playing footy every weekend. So it was not like, to me, it, there was no real stopping. It was just like, no, I'm just moving my attention back over here again. And I'm doing something else. Uh, I guess as long as my competitive urge had somewhere to be. Um, and that's where, where it took me. And then I guess, yeah, 2012, um, you know, the coaching stuff kind of, that's where that transitioned to and took off. And I, I knew in college, in college was probably when I realized that at some stage I knew I was going to really enjoy coaching. I really enjoyed that that side of things, and I guess becoming a kind of senior leader on on the team over there in this at Iowa State. Um, not that yeah, you're not a coach, but the I guess taking on some of the leadership roles of trying to get the team organised and what we needed to achieve and stuff like that, and how to approach it. I could see that that was you know something that I really enjoyed and, and thought I could make a make a difference in and. Um, I guess my first real, real taste of I, my youngest brother, um, you know, when I got back, he was in his last couple of years of high school and was a very handy athlete himself and a good runner. And so I helped him out a lot and, um, yeah, I really enjoyed doing that with him. And, um, yeah. And like I said, 2012, that's when, um, I guess the more structured coaching kind of started for me. Yeah. I've definitely heard of a few people similar to you and I'm, I'm not going to bring up names, um, right now but who have been at that high level and and then there's some point where yeah just little things take over them continuing running but it's almost to the point that it it almost disappears and doesn't mm. continue even from like a recreational point of view or doing a few fun runs here and there i'm sure you could probably think of a few names yourself uh again i won't won't bring up uh one mm. now but it must be it must be hard with that in mind like for me when I ran in school, it was at a high level, but nothing to, to your degree or other athletes. So for me, I've seen like constant improvement over a long period of time where do you find, mm. have you, have you found that you met people who, who do get to that high level and then really struggle just to enjoy being fit or enjoy participating in a fun run and, and struggling to hit those marks that they used to hit? Yeah, absolutely. Because you're always going to, um, I think to some degree compare, to how you know how it used to how much more easier it used to come to you and the and the levels you ran and being okay with that hey i'm i'm not doing it now to 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 be at that level i'm I'm doing to enjoy it and in the patches when i have been able to kind of run a little bit i you know i genuinely do enjoy the feeling of of being fit and, and running and i think it's just accepting that hey you know i'm not i'm not doing this for the same reasons anymore um i think for me it was more that uh, my, that I was, I'm so passionate about my coaching and was very passionate right from the get go. So, uh, I, I see my, I guess my career as a, as an athlete running, its purpose was more to get me to where I am now as a coach. I think that's where I can have my longest lasting, biggest impact on the sport is as a coach, not as, not as an athlete. I, I, um, I, I love that period, but I guess maybe where some athletes finish their running and, and then don't coach and don't really do mm. running at all anymore, they step totally away from it and uh, maybe, 
yeah, that's a different experience. I think my energy got to be channeled in a different direction. So I never really had to, I don't know, I just never really thought about it as something that I'd stopped doing or given away or anything like that. It was just that, no, I'm, I'm just involved in a different capacity now and I yeah. have a different calling within the sport to do it. So, yeah, I, th- that's, I guess I think I, I view it a little bit differently in, in, in that regard. Um, that it's, yeah, it still feels like, like it's, I haven't really, I never really left the sport in some ways. Yeah. So what, if you ran a 5k right now, or if you did the Sandgate fast park run the other week yep. and, and you line yep. up against the others, mm-hmm. how would, how would you go? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the issue, one of the issues would be, is something going to break? <laughs> <laughs> am I, am I going to, am I going to get the 5k done? Um, and because, and again, if that was, do it, do I want to be a hero and try and, and push myself to the limit and really risk an Achilles or a calf? Um, but if I had to ask the question, oh, oof, let's go. Uh, I'll say I'll say 21, 22 minutes, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. I see like, I do see ex-runners uh, who, who did run at a reasonably high level who just go out for a jog or a long run. And, you know, I see like four tens for 20K and they're just like, yep. They haven't been running for ages on Strava and that kind of thing, and they just pop a four ten mm. long run, and it's just like yep. mind boggling how obviously quick they once were at a point in time, and how that yep. that's still a very decent pace for the most of the Brisbane running mm. community. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's um, it, it's 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 crazy, and particularly with Strava now, you just can see what everyone's what, what everyone's doing, and um, yeah, it's it's quite humbling, I think, for a lot. Of, running people when you see what these people, you know, out running in the three Oh fives for, you know, uh, 50 minutes or an hour on some sort of long tempo or progression run. And you just, yeah, for, for, for most people, it's like, how, how is that even a thing? So um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, look, I'd like to say, look, I I would genuinely, I would love to, I would still love to run a marathon. Um, And I need to, I would, I need to, so my old man, he ran three marathons when he was at the back end of his footy career and he actually broke three hours. So he still jokes. He's not joking. He's serious. He's got the family marathon record at two hours, 59. <laughs> um, and so it's kind of like, geez, I don't know if I can, uh, being a, a lifelong runner well, involved in the sport and a serious runner for so long and dad's going to get me at the marathon. I, I probably need to do something about that. So I don't know, watch this space. A lot of people, most of, most of the, most of my athletes now, or anyone that knows me, would be laughing and being like, "Yeah, right, you're not going to do anything." But we'll we'll, we'll see. Hey, I've seen uh, Nick Tui's. I think he's running the Gold Coast Marathon. Have you seen that? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I've been following his little training updates, <laughs> and um, I'm, I, I plan to be down there on the Sunday to heckle him and maybe hold a sign up amongst a few different people that I know running. So it's um, I look if there's any marathon to do around. Like that's a it's a fantastic race, I think. Um, the energy that are along the streets will, will carry him a long way through the, the challenging part of that race. I, um, I, I famously can't remember what a year it was, might've been four or five years ago, uh, attempted to run the marathon with zero training, um, literally no running and thought I was, I could go down and just do it. Um, uh, let's just say it wasn't a successful mission. Um, <laughs> I got, I got to the 21 K mark and there was things hurting and, bleeding and i just said you know what this is this is a bad idea and <laughs> peeled off at exactly where the 21 the halfway sign was and walked over to the nearest tram and caught it back to my car <laughs> what year was that i can't remember now it might have been maybe five or so years ago 
Um, oh, okay. Because you did. Yeah. Was that your 10k road PB there? The profile nah. says Gold Coast oh, 2009. Mate, was that another event. Ma- what are yeah, that no, 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 no. Yeah, that, that would have been the Gold Coast 10. Um, but no, this was in more recent times when I wasn't yeah. running anymore, and, and just thought this would this would be a test of um, human endurance of zero running, and can I do this? And it wasn't so much that I could have done it like, um, you know, it, it was just that my, my, there was parts of my body that were saying, no, nah, no, nah, that's not, that's not happening. So I think it was a calf or an Achilles and a few different things. And it was like, you know what, I don't, I don't need to be completely broken. So let's pull it in. Um, oh, it's such a different ball game, isn't it? Like if you, if you yes. run a fair bit and you tend to run 10, 15 K or 20 K long runs relative to what you compete in. And I haven't run a marathon myself, but, just I've run the 30k at Gold Coast uh, GC 50, I think it's called, <laughs> and um, I, I broke from like 25k out because I'd never run further than 26k, I think, yeah. uh, in training. So yeah, it's definitely that point that I hear about anyway in the marathon where it's just like you, there's no choice over what your body's doing; it just goes into freakout no. mode. Yeah, yeah, you can be you can be as prepared as you possibly could be, um, but when you get into that zone, it's um, you're at the mercy of whatever it wants to do to you at that stage so no i have i have so much respect for i think that that's why those events like the you know the gold coast marathon or any event like that it's um it's so amazing to see the amount of people that that are that are doing you know running a marathon and how they achieve that and and what they're able to kind of not only put their body their body through but their their mind and the way that they're able to uh, push through those barriers and, and complete it i think it's 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 just amazing um yeah, that to see, um, yeah, the breadth of people that, that get it done. So, um, yeah, so looking forward to, to kind of having a look at that this weekend and watch a few people having a run around. Yeah, so you've got a few athletes in it, I assume. Um, I'll have a couple running in a 10K, uh, nothing over the... Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, sorry, I meant in the event itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who do you have in there? Sam Phillips is one of your um, athletes. I tend yep. to be chasing yes. her a lot out there at the moment. <laughs> yeah, so Samuel Samuel run the the ten k and Lockie Cook will run on, in the um in the men's ten k. So I think if um, depending on who turns up, you, you might you might get you know one or two of the top guys from interstate. But um, Lockie will stick his nose in it and um, he's in pretty good shape and, and and see what he can run and he won't he won't die wondering and he'll have a crack at, at um, finishing as high up as he can and, and hopefully it's a um, yeah competitive good fast race and. Um, we see some yeah. good results for everyone. Yeah. And what about the school kids? I've seen a few, um, you know, private school kids or any kids for that matter out there doing the 10K. Any any kids that you coach doing it? Uh, no, I won't have, have any of them doing yeah. it this year. I I, oh, I guess from a, a or can coaching they standpoint. Yeah. Can they just um, go and- it, it's got- a few of them may go, look, there might be one or two just doing it as yeah. a, a fun event, but it's not a planned event in our training yeah, they, program they, for, exactly. any, for any of them. Yeah. Um, it's, look, they, it just, it, that can be something they can they can grow towards, um, you know, whether they're still in school or they're out. Um, I think those longer events you can kind of build up towards um, while we've got them, you know, competing in um, around that kind of 3K, 5K mark, trying to stay as fast as you can and, and just slowly develop over time and, and step up to that to 10K when you're ready. Um, but, yeah, there might there may be one or two just doing it as a, as a kind of fun event. Um, it's, it's an exciting weekend. And like I said, it's just so great to see so many people out there running. Um, so, yeah, look, they're all on different preparations. There's a couple getting ready for World Juniors and some getting ready for 
school cross country and different stuff like that right now. Um, so just kind of, yeah, um, managing them and what they're competing in at the moment. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah, hopefully I'll see you at the finish line at about 7.20 a.m. Perfect. After, I'll be there. After beating my old man. So I think his PB is an hour 22 in the half. Yep. But he, he did that, I think, at 40 years of age. So even if I beat it, which the aim is sub 80 minutes, that he'll he'll have that as an excuse. <laughs> yeah, well, you might have to do one of those kind of – I don't know how it works, but the – isn't there a, like, don't park run do like an age grading system or something? Oh, yeah. I'll, I've never looked into it too much. I like, yeah. yeah, I think I'm young enough to still be as competitive as I can. I think um, that time would get me, I don't know, top 150? Yeah. <laughs> top oh. 100? I don't know. Yeah. So it's, it's quicker, but like, yeah, the winner tends to do, you know, close to an hour, don't they? Now yeah, two, be, maybe our yeah, somewhere minutes. in that wheelhouse. I guess it depends. I haven't seen who's who's running this year. It generally can be a, a fast course. Um, so yeah, I, I hopefully there's a you know a couple of top guys in there and they, they push it along. Um, yeah. So, but but more importantly, are you running as Ollie Jones in this race or as Harry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's under my name this time. That was I didn't I didn't think much of that until I put photos up of it online and. <laughs> kind of just forgot that I have Harry written all over me, but I think I remember seeing you at the end with um, mm. people cheering, "Go Harry, go Harry!" And like every <laughs> like couple hundred meters, so it did get pretty frustrating. But I was grateful to have that last minute entry from uh, an old churchy boy, Harry. But uh, no, I signed up a while ago. This one I'm a bit more prepared for, and everything for me has been geared towards this event, and it definitely is for a number of runners in the Brisbane scene and Australia. It's recognised now, probably. Um, the, the the premier marathon maybe yep. with Melbourne yeah, being pretty close, or if not, some would argue maybe above that in different capacities. Mm. But um, yeah, I'm looking yep. forward to it. Um, yeah, yeah, I just definitely. want to get finished with some more general questions around the your um your group, the Brisbane Athletics Academy, before we wrap <laughs> up with yep. a number of quick fire ten questions. I do normally with the guests, yep. which are shorter shorter answers and questions. But um, the one I wanted to look at with with the group is basically around um, like the overall aim of it and what, how you would sell it to anyone, uh, you know, listening into this or um, in a blurb, how, how would you explain to people what they get out of it and why they'd, they'd sign up with the group? Um, look, as I mentioned to you earlier, I think um, one of the big things I brought back from my experience right throughout my running, whether it was through school, um, the training environments I was in and, and being in America was that it's um, it, it's a real team environment uh, where it's it's a community. Um, so it's it's built on the people within it. So it's not just me. It's it's you know I've helped grow something that's uh, really important and, and special to me. Um, but it's 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 the athletes itself that that control the dynamic and, and the group. I'm there to kind of shape it and steer it the right way. Um, but I guess you you get the opportunity to be a part of a, a really supportive environment that's um, you know it, it's it's all about each other um, supporting each other. We know that all of them are individually have their own goals and pursuits and and want to achieve different things within their running. Um, and it's an environment that's highly inclusive. Um, you know, so we we have athletes that are you know competing to win national titles and make Australian teams and. Uh, you know, we got one of our guys over racing in Europe at the moment and right down to, to kids that join us and they want to make the represent their schools. They want to make their first regional team. 
Um, and knowing that they can all benefit from each other in that space. Um, I, I think those athletes that maybe, you know, want to move up the ranks within their school or, or make their first regional team, they get to see, um, you know, the work ethic of these athletes at a higher level and what they do and how they approach training. And, and likewise, the kids that it might come a bit more naturally to get to see the, the determination of these other kids and their willingness to compete and turn up and run knowing fully well that, they can't compete. They can't keep up with these other kids right now, but they're there every day with the same dreams, the same hopes. And um, so I think it's all about, um, yeah, that inclusiveness and, and creating a, a team and a community and a culture that you know, makes people want to be there. Um, you know, I think it's, it's driven by them. You know, I hear from so many parents that it's the kids tapping them on the shoulder saying, mom, you know, I've got to go to training. I really want to go to training. Um, and, and it creates, I think too, we, one thing that we do a little bit differently is that um, there's a pathway. I, I have a junior and a senior group. So I, yeah, I double my workload by doing that, but um, I make sure it's, you know, it's age appropriate. Um, it's socially appropriate. You know, we not going to have our 12 year olds running with our 21, 22 year olds. Um, they're not going to be doing the same sessions. It's not socially relevant. It's, um, but it also, it creates a, a pathway for these younger kids to aspire. They see the older kids in the group and there's always, someone older and someone faster and someone that they look up to. Um, and likewise, it gives the older kids and the older athletes an opportunity to role model back um, and feedback from a, from a leadership side of things. And, um, and that's what I really love to see that the, the friendships within the group and the support they have for each other. Um, so uh, yeah, I guess, in a, in a nutshell, that's, that's what we're about. And um, you know, that's my philosophy is, is to provide that environment for them um, and, and give them the, give them the training that they need to, to, to both learn about the sport. Like I want them to be empowered too. I don't want it to be just them turning up and doing something, um, understanding why we do something from a training sense. Um, and um, yeah, and that, that they grow and develop within that. And, um, and, I, and I know we, I'm very realistic that each kid and each athlete um, of any age is on a different journey. I've got kids that, you know, will probably hang up their running shoes after high school and, that's what that they just want to have the best possible experience. I'll have ones that are have a more long-term focus and they want to represent and they have aspirations of competing at a senior level or going to college. I've got, yeah, girls in the squad that are, you know, mid twenties that just want to stay fit and do a good 5k run. Um, and that, but they're all just as important as a part of kind of the makeup of the, of the group. Um, so yeah, I guess in a nutshell, that's that's kind of what what we're about, and um, it's something that yeah, I'm I'm very proud of, and and we're, what we've grown from to become what we are now, and um, I'm very always um, I'm very kind of an emotional person. I get emotionally connected to what I do and the people that are involved, um, you know. So yeah, even looking back on where it started from, and literally the you know my first two athletes, I'm you know still in touch with now and, and talk to regularly and keep in touch with what they're up to later on in their life. Um, I think, yeah, all that's really important. I'm a big one for history and a bit, I get a bit nostalgic at times, but that's kind of, I guess, um, yeah, a, a part of the makeup of, of who I am and what I've put into the group. Yeah. It's definitely become uh, very prominent within the local community. And one thing which is not a big thing in, running usually is the social media side of things but i said to the wife last night talking about the interview and i said that you had close to like four thousand followers on instagram and she's she's into marketing so she's well over like you know the fact that 
people can have billions of followers. So she was yeah. almost like, what do you mean? He's got 4,000 <laughs> followers. I'm like, Claire, it's athletics. Like it's a, it's a very niche for and niche. 4,000 4, is uh, it's right up there for an account that basically is um, a bunch of running photos of athletes, <laughs> which I obviously admire and it's content that I really enjoy and those who follow you, but to the, to the average bystander, um, they may not see that. But what about in terms of details around like the girls to boys ratio? Is it pretty similar? And what age do they start at? And then the last one was like, when do you train in the week? What times and what do you, what sort of sessions do you do? Yeah, I, I guess in terms of the makeup of the group, it's, it's quite, again, interesting how that's changed through the years. I think a lot of the, it is, is built around, built around um, what school I've worked at. So when I was at St. Aidan's in, Aidan's in a full-time capacity, it was predominantly a, a, a heavy oh, female yeah. girl, girl group. Like probably when I started, I still remember some of the first boys I coached, you know, Alan Dennis, Lee Vesey, and a few of these guys, they were lone rangers on the, on the boy side of things. Um, and it's funny at that stage, I was probably labeled as, you know, oh, he, he can't coach boys or doesn't coach boys. And it was more that, no, I just haven't had the opportunity to. So if you're a good coach, you should be able to, you know, coach anyone. So it was, yeah, a, a heavier, more predominant on that side. And then when I moved over to BBC and started having, you know, success here, um, that side of things really, really grew. Um, so I think it's probably like 60, 40. Um, it, it's still, you know, close to, to even, but um, yeah, very on the, on the boys side of things from a high school sense. Um, it, it's, yeah, they're, they're very strong. Um, so yeah. And that just, um, yeah. So I think having that, having that mix of, of people. And I think that's one of the beauties of, of um, the, the group or, or any training group for that matter is that you've got um, kids coming together or, or you know, young athletes coming together from a variety of different schools. So they're mixing mm. with different people. Yeah, and the gender thing um, too. Yeah. 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 So I think it's, um, it's, it's fantastic from, from that sense. And um, you know, like I'm a big advocate for trying to provide them with other opportunities and, you know, camps and um stuff like that and uh, look they that they, they, gen, they genuinely all all enjoy the sport or they, they wouldn't be turning up it's as you know running's running's not easy it's it's different to turning up to footy training or something like that where you can kind of flip you know maybe the sense is that it you can it's a little bit more fun to, to other people but um yeah they they're all there to put the work in but also have a good time together I, again harping back on you know the previous question it's that um, we're a very social group. They have so much fun together. Uh, but when it comes to doing the work, it's like, right, yeah, let's go. Um, yeah. It's time, time to get the work in. Uh, but either side of that, they, they just have, have you know, they're always laughing. There's always some, some sort of banter going on um, amongst the group, which is, uh, it's always good to see. So, um, yeah, yeah. Three sessions a week, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, so yeah, three main sessions. Um, so, uh, Tuesday and Thursday afternoon. Um, our junior group starts at 4.30 to 5.45. And then our senior group starts at 5.30. So there's an overlap. So the senior guys know when they turn up, it's <laughs> they're usually pretty good. I've got to razzle them a bit sometimes, but they know, you know by 5.30, they've got to get on the foot and start warming up, um, which is also good that there's a crossover between my younger athletes. They get to see the older ones, interact a bit, have a chat they've finished their session sometimes. So they'll get to warm down with them while they're warming up. Um, so there's that touch point for them. And um, it's always, I know that that transition point's always exciting for a lot of them of like, Oh, when am I going to get the chance to move up and yeah, yeah. run with the, run with the older group? Um, 
which I, I, I that's really cool um, for them to aspire to to get that opportunity. Um, you know, and every now and again, you'll throw one of them up there to go have a go, and you're just getting to see, you know, how excited they get to to run with some of the older athletes. Um, yeah, so that's yeah, and then seniors five thirty to you know about seven pm, and Saturday mornings, um, yeah, we're usually training at around seven seven thirty. Just depends on what time of year it is, um, and we move the Saturday sessions around. Um, Tuesday Thursday are always at UQ, but um, I'm a big believer in keeping things dynamic. Um, I know from a training sense what they physiologically need to be doing and the different sessions that are required. But if I can um, mix it up in terms of locations, where we're running, how the session's done, um, I think it keeps it interesting. I think that's particularly for younger athletes. Um, uh, sometimes you don't want to create too many measurables for them because, yeah, yeah, I um, love that. You know, yeah, it is. And, but and it gets just to the very, yeah. Yeah, it's compare everything. It's like, well, I did the session at this time last time. It's like, well, have you considered the multitude of factors that go into how you are going to run on any given day? So, um, yeah, look, we've got some, you know, we love running at, at Mount Cooter on the hills. We love going out to the Oxley Common, um, you know, lots of different kind of Saturday morning sessions we do, which is great. Um, and then on a Monday afternoon, I have two sessions. I've always, this is, I always have had a 4 to 5 p.m. session at Sherwood Arboretum. It's where I started the running group. It's like my connection to where it all began um, in that community. And it's it's a it's a great session where a lot of like just younger kids come down to the park, they have a run. So we go for a jog, they do some drills, and we just do some hill sprints. It's just a great introduction point for, for a lot of the younger kids just to come down. They might do one session a week, and that might be their starting point with running. Um, yeah, so that's a... Um, four to five on a Monday and then I shoot across to UQ and we have a session from 5.30 to 6.45 which is again um, it's the they go for they go for an easy run we do a full drill set um, depending on the point of the season and the athlete hurdle drills some maybe some basic plyometrics some strength work and speed development um, so it's not like a big session per se but it's um, yeah just working on a particular kind of more technical and speed strength development Um standpoint and then depending on the age of the athlete obviously my older guys are long running and running on off days um, and stuff like that but again it's very age appropriate depending on uh, you know how old they are what are they training for what are their goals you know obviously I've got senior athletes that are you know racing over five and ten k you know I've got um, Jared over in the over in Europe at the moment competing um, you know at a, at a reasonably high level over oh, yeah. how do you pronounce but his surname again McAuliffe is it J- Jared McAuliffe Michaela. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. You get a few different. They'll say Michaeliff, Michaeliff. So um, who knows? I might. I might be getting it wrong as well. But um, yeah. So it's again. It's very. You know, it's it's not one size fits all. Um, it's dependent on who you are. What are you? Yeah. You know, so many different factors. Um, yeah. And just ensuring that there's room for room for growth and development, and that they that they ultimately are enjoying it and still loving it. So how many how many posts like twenty year old athletes would you have? Who's your oldest athlete? Is Jared your oldest? Um, no, I've got um, probably 20, 28 year olds um, okay. who, again, she used to be a bit of a sprinter, but um, is now more into that kind of just enjoying her running and uh, whether she competes again. Um, yeah, that does. It's neither here nor there. Uh, a lot of kind of early 20s, early to mid 20s. Um, yeah. So there's probably a group of maybe 15 or 20 of them, still 15 maybe. Um, you know, you got yeah. But again, varied at that point. You've got people, um, you know, like like a, a Jared or a Sammy or a Lockie that are 
Um, but all three very different, competing for different reasons and different events. Um, you know, through to the ones that are uh, in uni right now. Um, you know, so yeah, I think it's and look, I really enjoy working with those guys and, and why they run as well. And I think it's really important for these younger kids. I think potentially, particularly for the for the younger girls in the group, is to see that longer term. Um, vision and for, for life and running and the, the role that it can play for people um, in terms of you know, your overall health and happiness and um, knowing that it's not just all about you know, smashing yourself at 14, 15, 16 through those transitional years and um, yeah, just making sure that you're always enjoying it, doing it for the right reasons and then it can be something that you can do you know, much further into, into your life and it can be such a positive part of it. Um, you do see a lot of kids yeah, stop at 17, 18, because they just don't want to do it anymore and they've done so much of it at a young age. So, um, which again, it's, it's, a, it's a personal decision. Some just don't want to do it anymore. Um, but yeah, no, I, that's why I, I think the, the positive role modelling of seeing these, you know, men and women in their, in their 20s and mid-20s still doing it, still loving it for so many different reasons that you can do it to be serious and competitive and want to represent your nation right through to, I just like being around people and having fun and being staying fit and healthy. Uh, and uh, yeah having athletes on that spectrum from one end to the other is great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So where, where does someone like Harry, who we mentioned earlier, who's an old boy from yep. Churchy, who's now, is he second year out or first year out of school? He'd first be, year out, I no, think. he'd be, no. Okay, you say first, I reckon he'll be second, but I'm not entirely sure. But look, yeah, yeah. young guy. Young um, guy who, who's ex, ex-rugby player, ex-prop actually. Yep. He's now turned into a pretty decent runner, but he... He will tell me, and so will runners from church, that he's 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 a chaser. He's at the back of the pack. Um, mm. So where does someone like that fit in, or even someone who's who's in their thirties, like me, who who can yep. run a half decent five k? Would you take someone on like me, or would you would you tell them to go and find a, a group like Bert? Um, where where would someone older, you know, late twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, fit in with your coaching? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, and that's that's knowing what knowing where you're positioned from a coaching perspective, I've always been a, hey, yeah. Talk to some of my coaching mates. That's one thing I'll, I'll say is knowing, you know, knowing where you are in terms, because there's so many different aspects of coaching, um, you know, and, and knowing where your sweet spot is and not trying to do everything. So I guess to, to answer a, a few of those things, you know, like a, a Harry's fantastic. His energy, his love for it. Like, you know, he's a guy that is, he's willing to turn up knowing fully well that there's guys in this group that are, you know, you know, just going to over 5k put minutes into him, yeah, but yeah. here he is. He loves it. He's like, all right, what are we, yeah, what are we doing tonight? He's a part of the band with the boys. He's giving it to them. You know, he's just right in the thick of it. And I just think that's so good. Like, yeah, he, he's, he's got other things going on in his life and he just, he wants to see what he's capable of doing. And mm. I think that's one of the beauties of running is that, is that it's it's your own journey with your own goals, and you can you you can get back what you put in. It's not always linear, you know. It's not always fair. You can train incredibly well for you know six, twelve months, and there's the big race, and it just doesn't happen for you. I get that, but ge- generally speaking, it's a sport that if you consistently over time put the work in, you mm-hmm. will be rewarded. And it's sorry, it's you know, and it's and it's on you to some degree. It's um, you know, a lot of other sports, it's about opinion, isn't it? You know, like, oh, you know, it's in a selection or yeah, do you yeah. fit the team or there's someone else we think's better than you? Well, 
here there's a start line, a finish line, a stopwatch, you know, and everyone can do that. And it doesn't have to be about me comparing to you or to Ollie or to Charlie Sprott or whoever it may be. Um, and I think that's, I, yeah, I love it. And I love that, that, um, you know, prior to Harry getting his injury, we were talking about, well, what do you, what's the goal? What do we want to try and run? And, and, I, and he's asking me and I said, no, you tell me, what do you want to run? You, you tell me what you want to run and then let's, let's have a talk about it. And whether, you know, if I think you're, you're dreaming, I'll tell you, or if it's, you know, realistic goals, or I'll tell you, I think you can, you can be even better. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was just as exciting and as fun as anyone else, anyone else on their own you know, kind of journey. So yeah, like a guy like him, it's, it's great. Um, it's refreshing for the group. Um, you know, someone potentially, you know, they might be in their thirties or forties or whatever. And it, it would be all about, well, what are you, like, what are you, what are you trying to achieve and what do you want to do? If I would say, yeah, I, I'm more than happy to be like this. I think this would be the right group for you. You know, like, you know, someone comes to me and says, you know, I've got to work full time. Early mornings are great for me. I might be like, Hey, head over to, head over to Brax and, and Bert and run on a Tuesday morning and jump in with them and, 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 and fit in around that. Um, it's, um, you know, they might live in a certain area where I say, you know, Hey, go and check out these guys. Um, I had an athlete on the North, North side recently. Uh, they lived in Redcliffe and I just said oh. to them, Hey, um, I was like, this, it's not even feasible for you to be getting across to me. I said, I've got a mate, Nick Tui. He's on the North side. That's a lot closer. I'll give you his details. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, um, yeah, it's all dependent on the, the, the athlete and where they're at and what, what they're trying to achieve and it being a, a relevant group for them. Uh, would I, would I move into that, um, you know, that space of kind of, you know, people that want to run road races and marathons or half marathons. I considered it. Would I, could I grow the group to have another wing to it like that? Yeah, lots of, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's right now I've just, I've got, I've got enough and I'm enjoying yeah. what I'm doing that yeah. um, it's that, that can, that can wait for another time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, that's great to, to hear that you work around it. Um, so we're close to the end here. We've got the 10 questions coming up, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, the goal with the, the guests is to answer them as quickly as you can in a sentence or right. two tops. Many, many do struggle because um, they're pretty, they're pretty sort of important and significant questions, but questions I'll yep. towards you. And I think that would be relevant uh, to you as an athlete and a coach. So are you ready to yep. go? Rock and roll. All right. So if you could pick one event um, as your absolute favorite, that's both competing, coaching, and watching uh, for athletics on the track, what event would that be? 1,500. 1,500. Nice. Uh, good start. <laughs> uh, what's What was your biggest strength, do you think, as a runner, whether it be um, mental or physical? Uh, willingness to win, finding a way to beat whoever I lined up against and yeah, just loving to compete. Yeah. Nice one. Um, strengthen or stretch. What's more important for athletes or runners, particularly to, to continue strength training or to be stretching most days of the week? Both. <laughs> can't, I, can't, I, I can't split it. I, th- I think uh, they're both for both reasons. They're both important and at different stages, I guess. For you really can't split it, mate. I, yeah, I can't. I, I would be doing it in, uh, uh, injustice if I said one or the other. Yeah, yeah, that's mainly geared towards the fact of strengthening. I know it's been uh, a lot more prominent in the last sort of ten years in running. Um, yeah. What's What's your proudest running achievement, whether it be a time or an event that you placed or, or won? Um, 
I think probably getting to run for Australia at World Juniors and having my dad over there to see me run, that was something that I'll yeah probably treasure forever. So um, amongst other things, yeah, that I'll, I'll give it to that one. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, now, this one's very particular to athletes that you coach, so you may be unwilling to answer the question. But uh, if you could give me a few names on top of your head who you think in the next few years will really um, push the selectors for, you know, representing Australia in various means, would you be willing to give me a name or two? Um, yeah, look, there's some exciting kids um, coming through the ranks. Um, you know, Charlie Sprott's about to head over to college. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's, he's, he's got a great opportunity to to keep developing, um, you know, he ran a 7.59 3K, which is fourth fastest uh, under 20 Australian of all time. Wow, so, when was that? Um, he ran that at the uh, Australian 3K champs down in Sydney. So, yeah, 7.59 yeah. as, as an 18-year-old, yeah. that's certainly moving. Um, so he's off to college in Wake Forest uh, starting next year. So I think if he just keeps developing the way he is, he'll, he'll, he'll um, have some opportunities ahead of him. Um, not for Australia, but Jared McAuliffe, um, he's just been cleared to compete for Malta now. So, um, so he's over in Europe at the moment. He's knocking on the door of senior representation at, at Euros or Com Games and, and the like. So over the next two to three years, I think, hopefully we'll see him um, on, a, on a senior team um, at the world level. Um, and, um, oh, my screen just gone blank. There we go. Um, and look, I think, look, if, Look, there's so many great kids in the group and, and young kind of transitioning athletes that are stepping out of school into to the under 20 and then into the open ranks that oh, there's just so Hard many variables, predict. mate. Yeah. yeah. Look, I, I just think they've, they've all got some great opportunities ahead of them. And yeah, so look forward to seeing how they all go. Yeah. And I do know you've got so many. So to say one name would, um, yeah, I know not not be ideal uh to narrow it down so so uh closely to that but um let's go on to the next one so this one's about what inspires you to coach every day is there someone or something that inspires you to coach yeah um i get for me it's uh probably the, the thing i enjoy the most about this space is knowing that i can can make an actual um impact on people um i think uh and that, that's not in a sense of them running fast or, you know, uh, that's an enjoyable part of what I do. I love the challenge of seeing what they can achieve. But I think for me, it's, um, yeah, getting to play a, uh, you know, a role in helping them navigate through challenges in their life or, or, or different aspects and knowing, I guess, at the end of every week that I can feel like I've genuinely done something worthwhile um, for people. Um, I think that's probably the, the driving force. And I was fortunate enough to have, um, amazing parents, um, you know, I, you know, look up to my, my mum and dad and, and, you know, how they've lived their life and their work ethic and, and some great coaches and my high school coach, Lloyd Way, who was the coach at Churchy for a very long time. You know, he just, he made, he made us think we were bulletproof and that we could achieve anything and just believed in us so much. I mean, I often thought he was a bit crazy and yeah, he'd, got, he'd say some outlandish things, but you know, he, he genuinely did believe and think the world of us. So I think it's just that, that can play a, a really important role in, in, in um, you know, developing athlete and person's life. So, yeah, it's probably the driving, the driving force for me, mate. So, yeah, a loaded question, that one, wasn't it? T definitely tough to have it at the end when, when the, the expectation was one sentence um, to answer it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> next one's about your, if you could pick one session that you really enjoyed to coach, is there one session that stands out like, 
you know, 1K reps or 400s or hill, the hill sessions or Kuthas? Mm. Is there one yep. that you really enjoy to coach? Um, I, look, I love I love the hill session we do out at Kutha. It's just beautiful to be in the trail and you're like, you're out there and you'll have people walk past with their dogs or, you know, ride park, past on a bike every now and again. But I don't know, you just, you're away in this little kind of, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? You're, you're off on the on the trails and you're in your own little space. So love it out there. Um, and I, I do I do love those track sessions that are like leading in two to three weeks out from a big meet where you're at that crescendo of peaking for the big race and um, you really kind of test where you're at. So yeah, probably those couple of workouts. Yeah, definitely. Now we're so lucky to have that bushland so close by at Mount Kutha. Mm. Um, next one's about your biggest running idol, like professional runners. Do you have an idol? Like for me, I kind of just miss someone like Craig Mottram, for example, because I was kind of late primary school when he was uh, peaking. But in yep. terms of uh, now idol for you, is there anyone that, that stands out? Um, I guess growing up from a like world stage, I loved Gebra Selesi. Um, I just loved the way he raced and he was this diminutive little fella that, uh, you know, was setting world records and winning Olympic and world champs and had this big smile on his face. And, and um, yes, yeah, so I loved watching him run. Uh, you know, from a local sense, you know, Craig Bottram, uh, I think he you know, gave us all hope that you could, the way he raced and took it to, it to the best in the guys. world. <laughs> yeah. The Africans and, and the way he raced and it's, uh, it's it, look, it's, it's done. It's, it's come a full circle now where, um, you know, I actually, you know, work relatively close with Craig now and he's, he's got a squad down in Melbourne and a couple of his athletes oh, okay. are on the world junior team. So, you know, speaking regularly with Craig on the phone and yeah, it's, yeah, you go from him being a guy that, yeah, he was only, you know, about four or five years older than me, but doing things that, you know, yeah, I remember being at the 2006 Commonwealth Games in that 5K standing up and it was just amazing. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Thinking of that, was that the silver he got? Yeah, yeah. That's so, such a good, yeah, my, yeah, such a good run. Moments like that. Yeah, so probably Buster and um, and, and Gebra Celesi. Yeah, yeah. Okay, last one's um, probably the most important, but that I can see anyway. Um, what words would you have for any of the young kids out there who are doing various sports who may choose athletics like it's an option but they're just hesitant maybe to join the sport and are enjoying other sports i know you're an advocate for you know when you went through to do a variety of things but how can we keep them in the sport and what sort of words of advice would you have to encourage them yeah um i think you know it's it is a sport that is going to challenge you it's going to be hard it's it's i think it's it's up there with, you know, one of the hardest sports to train for at that level. And there's going to be times when you're lonely or hurt or, you know, frustrated and all these different um, varied emotions. But on the other side of it, the level of joy and satisfaction and the endorphins and the feeling of achievement and the sense of team and the friendships, like for me, that's the lasting impact. I mean, I, my best mates are still the guys I grew up running with um, and, and they're all over the world. Guys in America, guys back here at home, interstates. Um, it's, it's such a great community to be a part of, um, you know, and, and you're just with like-minded people. Um, and I think that share a work ethic and a passion for, to, to, to see what they're, what they're capable of doing. So I think if you embrace that and, put yourself in a, in a great environment with a, with people that support you. And um, it's a sport that can, can give you so much. It's given me so much. I'll, you know, um, it's, it's why I am where I am now doing what I do. Um, so I'm incredibly thankful for being a part of that community. Um, 
and yeah, hopefully something that I can keep contributing towards for many years to come. And so I think yeah, for, for young athletes, um, you know, and you're always on your own journey. Don't, don't just think because there's someone faster than you now or someone that's able to do something that you can't, that, that don't um, let that kind of turn you away from, from being a part of it. Um, you're all on your own pathway and journey and whatever that might be, whether that's to end up as a top tier elite runner or someone that runs for life. Um, yeah, just kind of yeah, be a part of it and um, yeah, enjoy what it can bring you. Yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah, great, great words of encouragement. Um, and and I was just thinking with this with this interview and any of them there, you know, I talk in a way that it can be shared with any age. So feel free to share uh, this with anyone in the BBC <laughs> realm within your yep. uh, group, the Brisbane Athletic Academy, um, yep. by all means, because you know it's it's pretty clear that you're passionate about what you're doing. I've done it now. You know, you're in your 30s, but it seems like you've been doing it forever. And the experience you've gained in the last 10, 15 years has been uh, pretty significant, both as a runner and a coach. So I'm sure those little communities will um, enjoy listening to it and learn from it. But for me, it's probably more so the ones out of it who will find out more about you and, and your impact on the local running community. And, and uh, I learn a lot through your words. So thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Ollie. Look, yeah, it's it's like even stuff like this and and the work that guys like yourself are doing to you can see your passion for the sport. You wouldn't yeah. be doing this and putting the time into it if you didn't love it as well. So I think it's it's great to see the growth of 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 running and it keeps booming in so many different ways. And uh, yeah, it's awesome and yeah, thankful, uh, mate, for having me on and get to share a few little words and um, yeah, hopefully people can pick up something out of that. And um, mate, I'll uh, I'll be on the sidelines cheering you on for that sub eighty. All right. Oh yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah, yeah. This is all about promoting the sport, and um, yeah, it's obviously all, all a voluntary thing. And I think all I think about is who who can I get on here that as soon as I open their mouth about running, will just send messages out to the community, whether it be at a elite level or just at a recreational level, to promote the sport. Mm, then um yep. then they're on here. So and yeah, everyone's awesome. been so willing to jump on and and uh, just talk and talk almost. Uh, too long at times i have to cull <laughs> things but um yeah i appreciate your time like yeah, no, it's holidays and i'm sure your job continues the next week or so <laughs> yeah yeah no back up into the office here shortly so nah, look it's it's plenty coming up and um yeah we'll keep it rolling along and no doubt see each other at uh, a few more events to come yeah yeah gold coast might be tough but might see you there eh? have a good day mate yeah awesome thanks mate, Cheers, mate.